This is Roger Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, sponsored by Penske Truck Rental. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's special edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Today's podcast celebrates Alex Pelot's second NTT IndyCar Series Championship with an exclusive in-depth interview with the Chip Ganassi racing driver that dominated the 2023 season. The driver from Spain established himself as a generational talent that saw him win a series-high five races, including a stretch of four wins in a five-race period that saw Pelot take the checkered flag at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course in May, the streets of Detroit, and the rolling hills of Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin in June, and a 4th of July weekend win at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Pelot clinched the championship in style by winning the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland on Labor Day weekend to wrap up the title with one race left in the season. It's the earliest any driver has won the IndyCar title since Sebastian Bourdais won the Champ Car Series championship with one race remaining in 2007. With nine wins and 64 IndyCar starts, Pelot will continue in IndyCar, turning down a chance to jump to McLaren and a potential Formula One ride to remain with Chip Ganassi Racing for multiple seasons. Pelot will be honored for his second IndyCar Series championship in three seasons at IndyCar's Victory Lap Awards Ceremony at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on September 21st. But at Pit Pass Indy, we can honor the 2023 IndyCar champion now with this exclusive in-depth interview with Alex Pelot. We can finally call you a two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion. It's Alex Polo of Chip Ganassi Racing. The season's over, so now you can finally celebrate. You clinched the championship at the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland a week earlier. Couldn't really celebrate like you could after the Monterey race. So what's it like to finally be able to relax with that second championship? Yeah, it was it was weird uh, clinching in, in Portland, basically because, uh, I mean, the season was not over. Uh, we still had to stay focused and uh, prepare Laguna as much as possible. And also we didn't really get the ring or the Astro Cup, which is the best moment. Um, but it was awesome. Um, had to celebrate uh, a little bit in between, but then um, yesterday with the team and just getting those pictures uh, was the moment that we were waiting for. Sunday night, what did you get a chance to do? I know Chip was 
wanting to celebrate then, what were you guys able to do Sunday night? In Portland? In Monterey. Oh, in Monterey, yeah. So we did um, we did a bunch of photos and media until like really late at night uh, at the track. And then I went from there uh, directly to a Mexican place that I know, Baja Cantina, um, and just had some frozen margaritas, uh, celebrated a bit. It was my trainer there, Roger, uh, some other people, and it was, it was really fun. You've said that you don't drink. And, you know, one beer, you get kind of funny as I you do. say it. <laughs> so the frozen margaritas. Uh, how the, happy were you after? I was happy. I was happy <laughs> not, not to obviously drive back and uh, to ask Esther to, to drive the car and uh, to start, um, yeah, getting funny, talking and, and just listening. But, um, yeah, I normally don't drink. Um just in good occasions, um, and especially at the end of the year when, when I can celebrate something with my family. But yeah, for sure this year I'll, I'll have a couple of beers. There's been a lot to celebrate in 2023. You led the series with five victories, including a stretch where you won three out of four races, which really gave you firm control of the championship from that point on. It wasn't even the midway point of the season yet. You also find out that you're going to be back with the best team in the NTT IndyCar Series with Chip Ganassi Racing into the future. You clinch your second championship, but the biggest prize of all is coming up in November. Yeah. So if you could just... Tell us what that prize is and how excited you are about it. Yeah, so obviously it's been an amazing uh, year um, in, the, in the IndyCar series. But um, yeah, we'll have also some exciting things uh, together with my wife. We're, we're expecting a baby end of November, so it'll be a busy off-season. Uh, we won't be able to rest a lot, but um, I'm sure we will remember this year um, as for sure one of the best, if not the best years ever. So you get excited about... Uh, and prepared for a race, but how excited and how do you prepare to become a dad? I have no idea yet. <laughs> Just asking a lot of questions, obviously um, getting as many tips as possible from uh, from family, from friends uh, and people. But I don't think you can be prepared for that. Um, I think it's easy to prepare for a race. You just need to look at all data, all videos, uh, talk to the engineers and go through the plan that you can do. But uh, yeah, being a dad, I, I don't know where to start, honestly. Are you nervous? Yes, I am. And especially started today um, because, I mean, now I don't have to worry about the season anymore. Um, I just need to worry about uh, some 24, 2024 uh, hybrid testing. Um, but then my biggest priority now is uh, having a baby. So, All right, have you got a nursery put together? Are you in there painting? You got, a, <laughs> no, got the not bed yet. and everything ready to go? No, yet. So that's why I started panicking this morning when we went through the calendar that we have now and we won't have as many days as we thought we would. You're a professional athlete, so training's very important. Your sleep schedule is very important. That's going to change. I know. So how do you prepare for that? I know. We've been trying to get as many as much sleep as possible um, because I, I mean, the good thing is that it's going to be during the off season. Um, so we will have um, like three months before I need to start like um, being fully prepared for the races. But um, yeah, it's something we'll have to deal with. Um, we saw. Many, many good drivers dealing with it, like Power, Dixon, um, and New Garden lately. Um, and they still do really well on track, so I'm sure we'll find a way. So let's go back a year at Monterey when you won that race, defeated Joseph Newgarden by 
30 seconds, a lot of people looked at you and thought, man, he's really got a great situation here at Chip Ganassi Racing. How could he leave? And Chip told us the other day when we talked to him that he said to Mike Hall leaving the track that night that he said, I'm not so sure that he's going to leave. Was that really when the seeds started of thinking, we've got something really special here that we need to keep together? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, it's been one moment, honestly. I mean, we won the championship together in 21. 22 was was uh, was a tough season, but also we had some uh, really good results at the beginning and also uh, the last race of the season, as you mentioned. But um, I would say it's been like a steep curve of just um, uh, knowing that it was the right place and that we wanted to... Um, get as many wins and as many championships as possible together. Well, here's an example of Chip Ganassi Racing. Yesterday, when they decide to change the engine and Scott Dixon's number nine, they've got like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half to get it done. And I go over there into the garage, and there are guys with all four crew shirts from the four entries at Chip Ganassi Racing all pitching in to get that job done in time. That pretty much signifies the team aspect of Chip Ganassi racing. Is that the one thing that when you see that much effort go into something like that is what sets them apart? Absolutely, and you can see that by the way they work, as you mentioned, but um, we were actually yesterday preparing for the race meeting that we have all together, all the cars together, and there was some people missing from each car, and, and I just asked, hey, where, where are these people? And then uh, they mentioned, oh, they are changing uh, Dixon's, uh, helping to change in Dixon's engine. And, and it was that moment when you realize moments like that, that uh, everybody works for everybody. Uh, it's one team. Then when we're on track, obviously we we fight each other and and that's the way it should be but um yeah it's it's what sets uh them apart uh i would say and and you can see on the results that it's uh paying off the race strategy on your stand has been flawless all year whether it be barry wanzer or mike o'gara but in the final race of the season at monterey when you were about to pit had you pitted one lap earlier, you would have been able to do it. Then the yellow came out. Unfortunately, you'd driven by pit lane, and then a yellow came out, and then that pretty much put you in a position where it was going to be difficult for you to win the race. Is that about the only time where misfortune really came your way? Um, well, I think during the year we had some other races where we had situations like that of like, oh man, if we just pitted one lap earlier or one lap later, it, it would have changed uh, completely our result. But as you saw yesterday, uh, we went from first to 14th or 15th and still finished third. And, and then people just look at the end result and don't look at what's going on in the race. But uh, yes, uh, it was one of those moments. Um, I actually saw it coming um, because when I saw that we had the gap of like seven seconds every time we would push, I was like, man, that's going to give them enough time to react to a yellow and we won't have that time. Um, so I was prepared for it, but I thought um, I couldn't play it uh, smarter than just pushing. Uh, we were also fighting people that was on another strategy with one less stop, uh, which was actually Dixon. Um, so we had to push. So, yeah, a bit of misfortune here and there, but uh, still uh, got a good result back home. We looked at the pit stop sheets after the race. It was a 95 lap race on a long course, and you did it in two pit stops. How did you do that? 
Yeah, because there was a lot of yellows we had to do. I don't exactly know the number of laps on the alternates, but it was a very long stint on the alternates at the end, which uh, I was not a big fan, obviously, um, because in my opinion, and if you look at the results, it was actually the worst tire yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, we just had to save a ton of fuel during the yellows. We knew that we had to hit a number since lap one, and we just, since lap one of the last stint, so we just had to hit that number and uh, hope for the best. So yeah, yellows at the end helped us not do an extra stop. Um, and they did a, a really good job. We saw other cars not putting the alternates until the end and having to pit just to change tires. Uh, we didn't have to do that. And uh, yeah, the team did another great call there. So in other words, you did better at stretching fuel mileage than Scott Dixon has done at some races in stretching fuel mileage. Are you going to become the fuel mileage king? I don't think so until he goes away. Honestly, he's he's really good. It, there's a lot that uh, everybody could learn from him on how he saves fuel and how he still manages. Because, I mean, saving fuel is easy. The The hard part is to save fuel and be fast like let's put it that way but um it's uh i still have a long way to go um i would say that i'm a lot better than when i started um and it's because of him and because of the team but um but yeah i still have a lot of learning to do but you had enough fuel left to really light up those rear tires on the front stretch afterwards with your celebratory uh, burnout and just how cool was that because a lot of times especially uh, during the season with engine limitations you want to protect that engine, but yesterday it's like, blow it up if you can. Absolutely. Um, so I was a bit, um, yeah, I had in mind to do something big in Portland, but then I started a bit panicking if like we were underweight because of the tire rubber that you burn or something. Um, so I said, oh man, no, I, I cannot do more than two. So I did two at Portland. Um, and then I was like, oh, we need to win again in Laguna so we can celebrate hard. Um, we didn't win, but that third place felt like a win and Scott won so it was a great day and yeah I told everybody that I was going to do it everybody in, in the 10 car that I was going to do it in, in the front stretch and they were there so yeah we did as many as I could um, and then I couldn't see anymore so I just had to stop Well if you're going to share the spotlight with anybody you can't pick a better driver to share it with than Scott Dixon Absolutely. I mean, it's been, uh, since day one, he's been helping a lot. Uh, he's, he's a big headache, man. He never stops on like pushing and uh, putting pressure. Like we, we see he has a bad weekend and he finishes fifth and he has a terrible weekend and he finishes P1 because he has an engine uh, failure. He has to drop back to like 14th. He has a penalty at the beginning of the race and he still finishes first. So he never... Um, gives up. Uh, he's always pushing hard and he's able to manage the races so well. So, yeah, um, I'm glad that I'm able to learn from him from the inside. Um, and I know exactly what he's doing. I don't know how to do it, but I know what he's doing. Alex Polo is the champion, but does Scott Dixon remain the king? Absolutely. Yeah, that's not going to change. Um, we see the form that he has. Um, he's putting a lot of pressure. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't change that he's the king and he's the man in IndyCar. But one day, can that king be Alex Palou? I can. We just need to learn and, and make big steps on, on everything. Um, I need to still uh, learn a lot about him, how to manage the races, uh, oval stuff. So, 
Yeah, until that day comes, uh, he will remain a big, big king. But can we start calling you Alex the Great? Uh, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, I'll be here for, for a long time. So if you start like that, uh, calling me Alex the Great now, um, yeah, just my my confidence, it's going to go too high. So yeah, don't do it. But it's a better <laughs> nickname than Mr. Chicken. Absolutely, yeah. We need to stop that. <laughs> yes, yes. And also, I think that uh, you probably took the uh, chicken thing as far as it goes. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph Newgarden, winner of the 107th Indianapolis 500, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to this special edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Here is the rest of my exclusive interview with 2023 IndyCar Series champion Alex Pillow for Pit Pass Indy. Hey, when you won at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course back in May, did you have a any inclination at all of what was in store for you in terms of success? No. Um, in terms of like how this season was going to be, no. I knew we had a great race there, that we had really fast cars all, all season until that point. But the level of um, performance that we all had uh, at Chip Ganassi Racing, it's been excellent. And also the ability we, we had to manage the races and stuff, uh, it's been great. So... Yeah, I'm just um, a bit sad that the season is over because, uh, I mean, 
every time we've been on track we've been like top 10 so I know that that's gonna end at some point and it's tough to maintain but it's been uh, such a great year. You win at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course in May. The next weekend, you win the pole for the Indianapolis 500. You're the dominant car in the 107th Indianapolis 500. Midway through the race, the pit stop, you leave, Renus leaves, you make contact, put you to the back of the line. But you fought and scratched and clawed your way back to a fourth-place finish. And is that about as good a drive as you had all season to be able to make that fight back to the front? Honestly, yeah, I would say it's been um, like one of the best if not the best moment of the season i mean wins are super special winning three in a row uh from detroit to road america uh with mid ohio felt just insane but uh winning the pole at the indy 500 when i don't i didn't think that we had the speed to get that pole and it was a obviously it's a noble so we didn't expect to be fighting that hard um and then also to get dropped back to last and and still come up uh, in the top five was great. So, yeah, I would say that was highlight of the season. So then it's off to Detroit, where that was a wild race. Uh, the restarts there were crazy, a little bit like Monterey in some regards. But Detroit being a new course, how challenging was that to be able to put on the type of performance that you did? Yeah, it was a new course for everybody. Um, obviously, the team did a uh, phenomenal job on giving us a great car uh, because we were able to get the pole and and the race win Um, but yeah it was a hectic race hectic weekend Uh, lots of restarts Uh, we got overtaken by Will at some point when uh, we had some issues um, but still got the win and we were so fast so it was it was a great weekend so after Detroit then it's on the road America and another victory. And to win at Road America, that's one of the iconic road courses in the world, especially in the United States. But to win there, how great of an accomplishment is that? Because that's almost where you got your first victory back in 2020. Yeah, and it was my first uh, ever podium in, in IndyCar, which I still remember so good, um, sharing with Scott Dixon and Power. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I love that track. They did a re repaved um it was so grippy it was so nice to drive and to get the win there was was amazing especially after having like a big hit in practice too where um we completely destroyed the car and they had to work very hard for it but yeah it was uh from that moment it felt like we won in the road course uh we won the pole at the indy 500 so that felt like a win we won at Detroit, and then we won again at uh, Road America. So at that point, we were like, oh, man, this is something very special. But wait, there's more. You go to Mid-Ohio and win there, so now it's three victories in a row, four out of five. At that point, the points lead was getting to the point where it's like, unless he gets kidnapped, he's not going to lose this championship. Now, I know you kept telling us you don't look at it that way. It's IndyCar and anything can happen, but you had to feel pretty confident. I felt really good and, yeah, confident, but that was I never thought that, we were going to maintain it that high until the end of the season, honestly. And that's me talking honestly now. I thought that uh, we were, there was a big chance of us struggling a lot more and shrinking that gap to like 10 or 15 points. But um, yeah, that felt amazing. I, I just couldn't believe what was going on. Um, we were just going on track and I think mid-Ohio we started like 6th or 7th and we still managed to win at the track that it's so hard to pass. Um, 
and it was like three in a row. So we we wanted to get a bit more in Toronto, but we couldn't. But uh, yeah, the second place was there was good. You battled back at Toronto, and then you knew that the. Iowa weekend doubleheader, the High V IndyCar race weekend at Iowa was going to be the chance for Joseph Newgarden to close the gap. He won both races, which wasn't a surprise, but you finished eighth and you also got a podium. And at that point, when you looked at it, the net loss of points was fairly marginal. Yeah, it was a lot less than what we expected and what we anticipated. Um, Everybody anticipated, including us, including myself, that uh, Joseph was going to win there. Uh, he's been amazing uh, the last couple of years on ovals, especially short ovals. Um, but, yeah, I mean, getting uh, two top tens, one top five and a podium uh, in Iowa felt like, oh, we did the work we had to do and we did even a bit more than what we expected. So I was uh, thrilled to 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 get uh, to to leave Iowa with a podium and a top eight. So when you left Gateway, which was the start of a three race stretch that would conclude the season, how confident were you? When I left Gateway, I was pretty confident. Uh, heading into Gateway, um, I was not that super super confident, honestly. But having that said, Gateway uh, Scott won, and it was two in a row for him. And you saw in the last four races or five races, he won three. So, um, yeah, he, you, I knew that there was something that uh, could happen. Um, but I felt confident after Gateway because I think we did a really good job there. Scott ended the season similar to the way you had that stretch of four victories in five races. So in a lot of ways, it just goes to show the... The nature, the roller coaster nature of this series. Absolutely, yeah, and that's, uh, um, yeah, that's remarkable. Uh, it's really tough to do. He did it in like really um, hard circumstances. But the good thing is that uh, Chip, uh, a Chip Ganassi car won the four last four races, I believe, uh, with us winning at Portland. So uh, that shows the 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 level of performance we had this year. So you're with the best team in the series. There's a lot of great accomplishments that can come in the future, but I want to go back to how you got here and people that were very important to your journey, one of which was, well, Team Go and also your agent, Roger Yasukawa. If you could describe how important they've been to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they gave me the opportunity to race in first in Japan uh, back in 2019 uh, in in Super GT and Super Formula. Um, it was a great year. I, I felt like I was fulfilling one of my dreams which was to be a professional race car driver and then uh, I was like this is great I love it but please guys uh, can you try and get me to US which is where I think I'll be happier and, and it's a championship that I love to watch um, and they did it was both of them it was Team Go it was Roger pushing a lot I knew that obviously he he had raced here before so he he knew how how everything was and he was able to to get me a ride with Delcon Racing and that's when we started. So Delcoin Racing is a team where they're able to do a lot with very little. Yep. Uh, they're not one of the biggest teams out there. Dale runs a pretty lean operation, but it's a lot of a group of racers, guys that roll up their sleeve and do five different jobs. What does a driver that's new to IndyCar learn from an experience with Delcoin Racing? Because he really has had, when you look at what he's been able to do with what he's got, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, you you said it perfectly. He it's a group of racers. Uh, they might not have the level of um, investment that uh, big teams have, but 
they do a tremendous job with uh, with the level that they have uh, of of infrastructure, infrastructure and investment. But um, it's I learned a lot, man. Uh, the group of engineers was amazing. Actually, we have two engineers from Delcoin Racing from that year in Chip Ganassi Racing. So the level of people um it's it's excellent um and it goes the same for for mechanics so learn how to how to drive on ovals learn how to race on ovals learn about indycar and how to save a bit of fuel then it was obviously another story when i saw uh dixon so in your second year in the series you're now at chip ganassi racing and it's the great season you win the championship linus lundquist is going to be in a similar position he didn't have a full season in IndyCar. He was the 2022 Indy Next champion, but now he's going to get a, a ride at Chip Ganassi Racing. What does he have in store for him in terms of Chip's toolbox is very complete? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, Here at Chip Ganassi Racing, he'll have all the tools to win, um, everything he needs. He'll have the teammates to push him. <laughs> He'll have the strategist level that he needs to to finish the races up front, the mechanics and and the performance of the car. So it's all up to the drivers now to uh, be up there and fight. I'm sure that he will do very, very well. Um, Haven't seen him on uh, one of our cars, but uh, obviously raced against him in in Nashville and Gateway, and he was uh, very impressive. In 2021, you told me that your relationship with a Chip Ganassi racing driver at that time, Jimmy Johnson, was you used to have a lot of talks with him, and he taught you how to be a champion outside of the car and all the other things that it takes other than the racetrack to become a champion. He's not with the team anymore, but how much do you keep in contact with Jimmy Johnson? Oh, a lot. I mean, he's not in the team anymore physically, but he is uh, right there texting us uh, almost every weekend. He keeps on uh, track on, on the IndyCar schedule, and he keeps in contact with uh, Dario, with uh, with almost all the team and, and he texts me uh, from now and then and when I have any issues on the ovals or anything that I might think I just call him and, and ask him um, because he's he's the better the best at it uh, and we saw it in in the races he did here with us so yeah he's he's amazing he's an amazing champion and he's an amazing person also how much do you miss having him around every weekend? A lot, a lot. I wish he could be uh, here every weekend. He, You learn a lot from him. Um, even when um, in some races, obviously, he was not, um, he was struggling and he was like um, learning still on road courses. But the way he would work and the way he would approach and talk to the engineers was uh, remarkable. Well, Jimmy Johnson was a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. You're now a two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion. You're very young. You got a lot of great seasons ahead of you. One day we may be calling Alex Palou a seven-time IndyCar Series champion. But you've got quite a future ahead of you. And when you think of that, you have to daydream a little bit. Oh, yeah, I do. It's it's amazing uh, to have two championships now. Um, I think we just got started and um, I have a lot of willing to to learn as much as possible to improve myself improve the team improve together and uh, get as many wins and championships and Indy 500 wins as possible there he is the two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Alex Pelot congratulations on an outstanding season good luck in the future and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy thank you We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. 
Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Scott McLaughlin, driver of the number three Team Penske Chevy, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Before we wrap up this episode of Pit Pass Indy, a quick news item. Chip Ganassi Racing dropped a big surprise on September 18 when he announced Kiffin Simpson, an 18-year-old from the Cayman Islands, would make the leap to IndyCar with a multi-year contract with Chip Ganassi Racing. That gives the 15-time IndyCar Series Championship team five cars on the IndyCar grid beginning next season, by far the most of any single team in the series. Simpson currently competes in the European Le Mans Series, where he and his two teammates lead the LMP2 Championship standings with three races remaining, thanks in large part to their impressive four hours of La Cassolette victory. This year, Simpson also captured sports car victories at IMSA's 12 Hours of Sebring race in the LMP2 class victory, P3 overall, and the Asian Le Mans series, 4 Hours of Dubai race, LMP2 class, and the overall victory. Simpson, who joined Chip Ganassi Racing as a development driver in May 2022, competed in the Indy Next by Firestone series for the past two seasons. This year, Simpson registered two top five finishes in his sophomore campaign, standing on the podium at both Mid-Ohio and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. He tested an IndyCar Series car for the first time in January of 2023 with Chip Ganassi Racing at a Sebring International Raceway test. Let's all wish 18-year-old Kiffin Simpson good luck as he begins his IndyCar Series career with Chip Ganassi Racing. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. This is Will Power of Team Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. And that puts a checkered flag on this championship edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. We want to thank our guest, two-time IndyCar Series champion Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500.
This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the walls.